Welcome back to another episode of the Table Topics Podcast. My name is Caleb, and joining me are... Enes. Chris. Santiago. And today we'll be talking about Shadowrun 5th Edition, one of our favorites. And uh, yeah, Ennis, why don't you tell us a little bit about the system, the setting, and all that? Shadowrun 5th Edition is a system set in the Shadowrun universe. Uh, It is a very cyberpunk setting, but that is not, like, very accurate. It is cyberpunk, which, if you don't know what that is, it's, like, future technology, you know, looking at the year 2070 onwards, if you're familiar with the video game Cyberpunk 2077, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, the cyberpunk genre focusing on high technology and low life is generally the tagline of cyberpunk. Yeah, with, like, the big corporations having, you know, taken over, it's... Some people like to think of it as like, hey, maybe this is the future. Some people think it's a bit of a pessimistic view, but, you know, we never yeah. know. We'll know in another hundred years. Yeah, it's like a futuristic sort of mm-hmm. dark sort of uh, future where technology and it's very much corporate uh, control and, you know, rebels fighting against that. With a dystopian. Yeah, sort of dystopian. But there's also another really interesting aspect to it. Yeah, uh, Shadowrun, while it is a cyberpunk setting, also mixes in a lot of fantasy elements. And so it mixes in, you know, the different races, like we're talking elves and, you know, orcs and dwarfs and that kind of stuff, dragons and their hordes. There's magic in the universe, which is atypical of uh, a cyberpunk setting, but it definitely makes Shadowrun very unique amongst uh, other cyberpunk settings. Like it, this the setting and the lore of the world is very interesting. Another layer for for the setting is that it is set on Earth. Uh, a lot of cyberpunks are set on Earth, but a lot of them are set in like imaginary, like futuristic worlds. Uh, this is like you know Earth. Most of the, like, things you'll find written are, like, in the year 2070 and after. So it's, like, you know, 50 years from now. It's, you know, hyper-technology, but also there's magic that has awakened in the world. And so there's all these, like, you know, things that our beliefs become reality. Because, you know, there's things like spirits and stuff and, you know... Uh, it's like influences what people believe in the world. And mm-hmm. there's also the big cyber, uh, you know, the big... Uh, big 10 corporations? Yeah, big corporations. I don't know why I, yeah, I yeah. couldn't think of the word co- corporation. But yeah, it's like those big corporations have really like, you know, stepped up, taken over the world. Uh, when you imagine a dragon and its horde, a lot of those dragons and their horde are like, you know, it's just a giant multinational company that they own and run. But then there's also other stuff. Yeah, and it's really cool because a lot of that stuff is based around a lot of the companies or, you know, places of today. Like, you know, a lot of the settings based either in Japan or Seattle or somewhere like that. And how it's evolved throughout, you know, the the 70 or 50 or however many years from nowadays. And, you know, like talking about gear and stuff and corporations, there's like Nissan that makes trucks still, but you know, it's a very different truck, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's cool. Cause a lot of it, you can trace back to like, Oh yeah, I know that company or I know that place. And yeah. it does take inspiration from today as well, which is yeah. neat and a cool, you know, place to really, I guess, identify <laughs> with. Yeah. I, I 100% believe that in Shadowrun, Two of your big ten corporations should be Disney and Apple. <laughs> Disney is in the lore. It's another company that owns it in, in the Shadowrun lore. I think Sheawaze owns it because it does a lot of entertainment stuff and has bought out. Okay, Disney already not realistic. Disney being bought out. <laughs> no way Disney hey, being bought out. Hey, and this is where the fantasy element uh, kicks in because it's a dragon that owns Sheawaze and with his treasures from his dragon horde was able to afford to buy Disney. <laughs> yeah, so. Like that is genuinely part of the lore. In, uh, in Shadowrun. And so it's very cool and it's very fun and unique in that way. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of that, you might have noticed we're talking about 5th edition. And you might be wondering, hmm. Or maybe you're not wondering. Maybe you just did a you know, quick Google search. Uh, there is a 6th edition. For and, sh- and four further editions beforehand. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are previous editions. But yes. there is a newer yes. official edition of Shadowrun. 
Um, the reason we talk about 5th edition, uh, uh, there's a few uh, basic things, and one of them is um, community support. 6th uh, edition has not gotten the same love from the community as 5th edition. Uh, when they, when uh, the company that owns Shadowrun, uh, that owns the IP, uh, Catalyst Game Labs, decided to make 6th edition, they wanted to strip down a lot of the like nuances in, f- in 5th edition in the hopes of making it uh, more newer f- uh, new player friendly and making it uh, easier to play. Uh, and so it's a simplified version, basically, is what it ends up being. And a lot of people in the community did not enjoy that. And then there's some other problems in which Catalyst Game Labs kind of defunded a little bit the, sh- the whole Shadowrun IP. And so the products that they've been putting out for 6th edition are not as well made. They're not uh, as well proofread. You know, they're, they don't have the same quality. It's a lower production they're not value. As well, yeah, they're yeah. not as well playtested, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so people that are fans of Shadowrun haven't appreciated it as much. Yeah. That being said, there are a few cool things about 6th edition that we'll get to later that I think even if you do decide to play 5th edition might still be a good fit for your game and like good changes to make Uh, so we'll get more into that later yeah I mean we've just speaking from experience we have played both 5th edition and 6th edition (laughs) albeit a pretty heavily homebrewed version but we did notice a lot of the differences in mechanics and some things we do and don't like from (laughs) both 5th edition and 6th again uh, sixth edition, and again, we'll talk about that yeah. later in the podcast. We will, yeah, we'll be talking mostly about fifth edition, just because that is the community favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Most uh, people one. are playing that, yeah, yeah. A- and it is a better produced product. Mm-hmm. But we will, uh, we'll touch on sixth edition a little bit. Yeah. So, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about how it's set up in terms of you know this stats and chance mechanics and stuff like that. So Shadowrun is primarily a D6 system, which means that the only dice you're going to use is your typical six-sided die. On any dice roll, you're going to usually have somewhere between like 5 to 15 dice uh, as your pool of dice. And when you roll, anything that lands on either a 5 or a 6 is considered a hit or a success. Now, Shadowrun has a bunch of mechanics that let you uh, boost and improve your dice pools, but all of them are based on your stats. So similar to many other systems, your character has uh, a body, their toughness, they have agility, and they have charisma. Um, these basic stats inform your dice pools, and then you add on to it any training that your character has had or any magical improvements or improvements from gear. And as you're building your dice pool, you say, well, I'm going to take this much from my stats and then I'm going to add on my training and add on my magic and add on uh, my technology. Put it all together, roll it up, uh, and hopefully get a bunch of successes. Uh, Uh, There is a wide variety of skills in the system, so much so that it is kind of overwhelming to look at it. And going to what Chris said, those skills are what you combine with your attributes to be able to get to your basic dice pool. Yeah, so like a a skill would be something like you would have pistols is a skill, and that is you combine it with agility. So on base, you're using your agility plus your pistols training to have your dice pool, and then you might be modified by magic, maybe you have some implants, maybe your gun has something about it. But there uh, is one other uh, thing in the mechanics of 5th edition, and that's something called a limit. A a limit is a maximum number of successes you can keep, which also is affected by your stats and your gear, and any other abilities you have might affect that as well. Yeah, one thing that I do really like in the simplicity of the dice and the skills and all that all of it is just, here's a number, that's the amount of d6 you roll. Uh, it's it's nice that you don't have to use all of different dice. Two modifiers, there are things to think about. Shadowrun 5th edition uh, is well known for uh, what it calls situational modifiers. For example, right. if you're rolling a perception de- test, you know, can you see something? Uh, if you're in the middle of a smoke screen. Yeah, then you get a negative modifier. If you're yeah. in the middle of a low light situation and you don't have a source of light or you don't have like 
a an ability that allows you to see well in low light, then you have a negative modifier. Right, but in base conditions, it is just yeah. those. It, 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 I it, like. Yeah. I like that. But the situational modifiers, like, play a big part in, like, setting scenes. If you're, like, you know, maybe you're in an area where there's a lot of ads mm -hmm. uh, on, uh, on what they call the matrix, which is, like, the internet uh, equivalent. And so any any wireless actions you're trying to do that gets a negative modifier because it's like all oh, all these yeah. ads are trying to like to <laughs> we are getting into a little bit of yeah. the more nitty gritty of it but yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so it's the situational modifiers uh, are, are a big thing yeah and uh, Shadowrun uh, but because it of the way that it is it's like you have these skills you have these uh, attributes when you are making the character or leveling up the character they're there isn't really a strict class system. For the most part, it's like, you know, you want to build a good fighting character. You know, you pick good fighting skills, you increase the stats that make you good at uh, dodging being hit and make you tougher at tanking hits, that kind mm -hmm. of stats. Maybe you don't take a lot of points in, like, social stats or in any engineering or yeah. things like that because you don't need it. There is a little bit of a class thing because there is magic in the world, it, that is something you have to select when you create your character. If your uh, character is a magical character and yeah. not. The type of, you know, you, you either have the traditional, like, you know, magician, you have, like, summoners that summon spirits, you have what they call adepts, which are more like, uh, you know, internal energy, kind of, like, martial art. You could think yeah. of it like martial artist type of things. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a unique kind of magician, which is, they call technomancer, which is, like, a mage for the internet, a mage whose magic only influences electronic devices and the network. Yeah, they're like a magical hacker, pretty much. Yeah. And so those things you have to select when you make your character. And so that is kind of like a class, but mm -hmm. even inside those things, there's a lot of branching paths and you can select how you're set up, you know, however you want. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's basically... Your character can do whatever they want, unless that thing is magic. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to do magic, then you have to make sure that your character has a magic rating when you make them. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, most characters can do basically anything. You can have mm -hmm. access to anything. And so, yeah, it's it makes gives you a lot of freedom when you're making the character. It gives you a lot of freedom when you're like deciding how to upgrade or, pro or progress your character. Uh, but it is a lot of choice, which speaking of another aspect of that choice is gear. And you can't talk about Shadowrun without talking about the gear. Yeah. Shadowrun, uh, gear and Shadowrun can get very specific, especially in 5th edition, uh, yeah. because 5th edition has a lot of uh, additional source books, which you don't have to play with. You can stick to the core rulebook. But these additional sources give you more options. And I think gear plays a large part in yeah. Shadowrun specifically as well. Yeah, it's like it can influence greatly what you are capable of doing. And yeah. gear can get as nitty-gritty as, you know, what kind of scope do you have on this gun? Mm -hmm. What can this scope... Like, it, does the scope help you in certain situations? Yeah, does it give settings. you... Yeah, yeah, does it have any settings? You know, like... What kind of ammunition are you using? Yeah, what kind of ammunition you've loaded into your gun, you know, do, how many spare mags do you have, uh, and, you know, do you uh, do you have a wireless connection uh, to your to your brain that can allow you to to do a bunch of things, like, via thought, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. And there's a ton of choice to make when it comes to gear. And the funny thing is, that's, that's a basic thing, right? Like, that's yeah. just something that anybody with a gun has to consider. Yeah, it's like anybody with a gun, which is probably most, most characters, because, you know, again, this is a futuristic setting. Guns are a very popular weapon. You know, sure, <laughs> that there are, you know, melee weapons like swords and what have you, but, you know, think of a ba uh, backstreet brawl uh, in the real world. Now add, you know, 50 years of technology. <laughs> yeah. Probably want a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you probably want a gun. Don't want to be bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. And so it, it, it's uh, a lot of choices to make when, with your skills, a lot of choices to make with your gear. Uh, and so you have a lot of options. When you're playing Shadowrun, your character, regardless of what you're playing, you have a lot of options 
for choosing your character and in the middle of a situation you have a lot of options of what you can do because like you know there's a lot of small things you can do there's a lot of big things you can do uh the last like significant mechanic to talk about and this is i feel like there's this type of mechanic in a lot of systems especially futuristic ones in this system it is edge but uh you can find this in other systems it's a way for players to manipulate like what their character is going through so Mm -hmm. edge is described in game as that you know that little bit extra thing that makes a character special Mm -hmm. the reason why your character is not just some guy off the street yeah it's you know that little bit of like it's that je ne sais quoi yeah (laughs) the moxie yeah Yeah. it's the ed oh no (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's it's that little bit extra that makes a character special uh, and what it is, mechanically, is a way for a player to change what is happening in a scene. For example, it's uh, if you got you rolled and you got a glitch, which is like half of your dice. You know, you said you're rolling some number of dice. Let's say you roll eight dice, and if four or more of them are ones, then that's a glitch, which, ha- which means that even if you succeed, there is some kind of negative repercussion. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know... Kind of like similar, but not quite to like rolling a one uh, in uh, uh, on a d twenty in a d and d. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, for example, you as a player can be like, "I'm going to spend one of my character's edge points to make this not a glitch." Yeah. Or you can be like, "Hey, there's a I have a big roll coming up. I'm going to spend an edge point to get some extra dice on this roll and ignore my limits." Yeah, it's for that the namesake. It's yeah. what you use to give your character an edge, yeah. right? Yeah, and, on and, whatever they're doing. Yeah, and it's not a thing that your character is choosing to spend. Like yeah. in the story, your character is unaware of this. It's yeah. you as a player making the decision for the character, and like this happens to be a key moment. That, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is how they push themselves a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the game master, it's not you don't give edge for most NPCs. Uh, you only give it to like the significant NPCs, bosses, uh, like yeah. uh, bosses, important characters, that kind of thing. And I guess the last thing to talk about when we're considering mechanics, every tabletop role playing game is going to have combat, right? Um, speaking to Shadowrun's combat, it is a system where it's not a lot of melee. It is gun heavy. There's, you know, Matrix, which is, you know, like the internet hacking, stuff like that. And there's also magic. And primarily, uh, especially when you're talking about, oh, I'm a hacker in a gunfight. In a lot of systems, that's a very bad place to be. But in Shadowrun, almost every device is internet enabled, including the enemy's guns and cars and uh, potentially implants that they have in their body. Uh, So... Basically, every character type can have a very important role to play during combat, which is really cool because especially in other systems I've played, hacker type characters and maybe like more supporty mage characters mm-hmm. just twiddle their thumbs while they're in combat as yeah. opposed to uh, being able to actually interact with the enemies, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it, the system has a lot going for it. The Matrix and Magic thing is, again, a very cool thing to the setting. It makes it feel like there's a lot, like, a couple of different layers to the world where it's like you mm-hmm. have, like, what both mages and, you know, uh, hackers will call meat space. So, yeah, that's it's just the our real normal world, world yeah, but that then, we're interacting with yeah. every day, us now as people, right? Yeah. yeah, and then layered on top, you have, like, the Matrix, which is, like, you need either specific equipment or implants to be able to really interact with. And that's like, yeah. it's like, yes, it represents kind of uh, Earth, but it looks completely different. It interacts completely different. It's all about the internet and devices connected to yeah. it. Everything has augmented reality yeah. built in and there's even and virtual reality on top of that. Right? Yeah, like completely virtual has nothing to do with the re- reality. Let your body go limp. Yeah. Honestly, like like Matrix, like the movie Matrix, yeah, kind of, exactly, yeah. yeah like you can Matrix. plug in with a wire, or you can access it wirelessly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then there's the other layer, which is the magic of the world, where it's like in, in the setting, everything 
kind of has a soul and it's either it's because it's alive or because you know people attach meaning to to a thing and so it kind of exists on this plane of magic yeah this astral plane yeah this astral plane And, and so yeah like hackers have the you know matrix kind of world and then mages have the astral world where they kind of can manipulate there and then meet spaces for everybody else and everybody (laughs) because i mean like ultimately everybody has a body to come back to yeah title of the episode meet spaces for everybody (laughs) (laughs) meet space is inclusive it's a safe space not true in the shadow (laughs) okay so santi if you were going to recommend shadowrun to somebody what is the thing you're focusing on? What are you telling them? This is why you play Shadowrun. Uh, putting me on the spot here. Don't appreciate it. No. Um. Uh, what would I recommend, or why would I recommend Shadowrun to somebody uh, as as a tabletop RPG to play? Um. It is it is unique in terms of its setting. Generally speaking, uh, as was discussed prior, uh, cyberpunk settings are generally very sci-fi more grounded than not uh lacking fantastical elements although some of them do uh the fact that it is so close to kind of like uh regularly thought of like tolkien fantasy with orcs and elves and dwarves and and also regular humans combined with kind of like the the cyberpunk aesthetic the intermingling of magic and technology all bundled up in kind of like the standard high technology, low life setting of cyberpunk lets a lot of unique stories be told in Shadowrun that you can't really quite tell in other settings. Not as effectively anymore. Anyway, like uh, a, a dragon's horde being compared to the ownership of a company, uh, ley lines or dragon lines, as the setting says, being in a magical setting, cults being in a and and legitimate magical pursuing cults with like blood sacrifice in a cyberpunk setting, and like those blood sacrifices being actually accomplishing something as opposed to being like strictly like uh, ritualistic mm-hmm. um, spiritual as uh, is is fascinating. So that those would be the primary things that I would be like, hey, these are really cool things to have speaking of like yeah and of stories that are difficult to tell there's like some topics you could talk about that it's hard to cover without in 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 a nice way but yet you know if your group is comfortable with you can kind of explore because like there are some major themes in shadowrun where it's like because of these new races you know it's like Sure, ethnicity might not no longer be a concern, but that doesn't mean things like racism are out of the picture because it's it's like you know like a big top uh, thing in 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 a lot of like shadow settings. It's like you know human supremacists where they're like you know get these elves and dwarves out of here. You know we humans we're the ones that built all of this and that kind of like uh, mm-hmm. that those kind of motifs are like you know because of the way that the setting is set. It's it's possible to explore that in a in a modern society. Yeah, and just, I guess, building off that is, it's really neat because I think Shadowrun is more of a darker setting mm-hmm. just because of, you know, it's kind of a corporation, big corporations, you know, against more, you know, just the underworld fighting back and that sort of rebellion. And then just everyday people, you know, just trying to live their lives, but are, you know, getting taken advantage of, by big corporations. So you can explore these sort of darker motifs and like how that might impact, you know, the everyday people or, you know, the darker side of getting back. And, you know, it's not always, you know, just a hero, a clean sort of, you know, Oh, let's show, you know, them, the big guys, the big bads, what, you know, what for it's more like, we're going to be doing some really messed up stuff because we're, we're operating outside the laws and there's so many things that, you know, bigger corporations have set in place right and so a lot of people play that sort of you know gray character that's not doing the most uh just things i just forgot i just realized i forgot to mention like about the setting the most important thing like who Mm. you tend to play in shadowrun yeah you you tend to play shadow runners which are basically people that are at least since to some level tied to 
you're you're doing things illegally. You're basically mercenaries. Yeah. Uh, you're basically illegal mercenaries is who you're playing. And like, you know, that lends itself a lot to what you're saying of like, you know, each person coming in with their own unique sense of justice of like, and their own unique sense of it's like, do you work for a mega corporation and, yeah. you know, get paid for that, which, you know, might be better for you, but, you know, that might be screwing over the quote unquote little man. And, you know, those are like big motifs that are explored in Shadowrun. Yeah. Those are, I feel like, in most cyberpunks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah, the, yeah, the, the tagline, high technology, low life is yeah. exemplified in Shadowrun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost exclusively, all the characters you will play are ones that, are in that kind of underground, like, scraping by, maybe, for lack of a better term, paycheck to paycheck, I need that next job, or I can't afford rent, yeah. is, 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 is kind of uh, the, the, the feeling of it. Yeah. yeah. And, the, you know, the, you can pl- play with different stories. It's like not every D&D character is, like, a, uh, necessarily a hero. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in general, that is what uh, it encourages you to be. And so... it. it it has that darker motif that lets you explore darker yeah. uh, stories, and you know that's great about it. Yeah, exploring different things. I mean, there's a lot of resources out there in terms of like books and like different stories that you can tell, and you know books just about the lore as well. So if you want ideas for different stories to tell, there's a lot of yeah. stuff out there as well. Yeah, yeah. and the mechanics cover a, a breadth of 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 topics and intricacies that relate to the setting and also relate to the kind of like the 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 genre topics mm-hmm. like there are an extensive list of narcotics that the players can ingest to acquire benefits but there's also addiction mm-hmm. and that addiction can become debilitating yeah. yeah and 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 that that that's something that kind of like ties everything in like every kind of like little system from you know your, the contacts you have yeah. it's like how reliable are they what can they get will they like, sell you out will they sell yeah. you out exactly yeah like, for a bigger price yeah exactly like that. It, yeah. It, it, all these little things kind of yeah. like add together to give that genre feeling of kind of like edge yeah i mean of, like the narcotics speaking to that you can take drugs to enhance your reactions at the moment it's like getting adrenaline straight to your heart it's gonna amp you up and give you maybe more reaction for yeah. drugs uh, are couple, great. <laughs> yeah, for a couple all of, my characters take drugs <laughs> yeah exactly but then right afterwards you might have to you know suffer you know a huge crash and your character will be pretty much unusable for the next like you know day afterwards or something so it is that sort of like hey here's this advantage it has drawback there's a lot of that i feel yeah. in Shadowrun. It, it's it's really fun especially the optimizer in me when i'm looking through like all of the gear and i'm like wow drugs are the best thing for optimization <laughs> just yeah. straight up in the game yeah. it's like oh but it comes with like role-playing downsides like it comes at the cost of your character's your, gonna be your character's asleep well-being. for four days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as long as you destroy them in that fight, you don't need to worry about the next four days, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. mechanical benefits that also gives you interesting things to explore in role play after, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Um, and also I feel like a lot of things you guys are talking about are really good for why Shadowrun is such a great cyberpunk setting and cyberpunk yeah. rulebook. But then you also get magic on top of that. Mm. And magic is just fun. <laughs> like, in a way, magic for me is that kind of almost, like, levity and whimsy that it adds to it that stops Shadowrun from getting, like, too dark and too, too heavy. serious. And yeah. too heavy and too serious. It it's, it's just that extra, like, kick up of your characters are a, just a bit more special and can do cooler things than the average person can. Uh, and I think it's really fun. And it allows you as a role player to explore something that isn't just directly like, mm-hmm. hey, I can kind of imagine computers in the future and then like imagine Matrix or something like that. Magic is a completely different thing that you can just, yeah, have fun with. Definitely. And there are like this fair share of dark themes that magic does bring about. For example... A lot of, like, magic stuff is uh, lore-wise related to religion stuff, mm-hmm. where a lot of religions become magical traditions and ways to channel magic is, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, via uh, religion. And that that also brings about its own 
set of interesting themes to explore. Casting fireball through Jesus. <laughs> we we joke, but actually, but actually, it it can still be a really fun and ridiculous world, even yeah. in a dark setting. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but then you also like have the situation where two different mages have the same level of power, even though they believe completely different religious beliefs, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like. What does that mean? It's like, hey, I, I think your religion is wrong. It's like, but it lets me cast fireballs. <laughs> but I can also cast fireballs with my religion. Which one's right? Mm. Yeah. Ooh, mm. We're not going to get into religion here, but... Yeah. But as, as an example of, like, the interesting themes that yeah. are, are explored through, like... It's, like, not the most brutal... Yeah. Uh, yes, it's dark, but it's not, like, super brutalistic yet. You know, it's it's not there to make anyone feel bad. Because, again, every relig- religion is uh, equally viable as a tradition and, like, has, uh, uh, you know, it... it yeah, it's, of course. Like, I'm kicking that too much as, a, as an example. Uh... Kicking that dead horse too much. Beating that dead horse. Beating the dead horse. You can kick the horse. (laughs) In case the (laughs) listeners can't tell, English is not my first language. (laughs) This is like the third mistake I make in three episodes. That's okay. That's okay. I love your idioms that aren't idioms. (laughs) So what were you kicking the horse about? (laughs) I was just saying I was using that metaphor too much. But, you know, in in general, it it has that, uh, you know, because the magic in the set, the fantasy in the setting it gives you enough levity to explore these darker themes without like it being too brutal and like really crushing you as a person yeah that being said i mean like i don't know i think you can kind of tell just from how we're talking about it we really do like Shadowrun. i mean it's one of our favorite settings collectively i think we can all agree it's the first thing i've ever jammed yeah but that being said there are some downsides that we're not as keen on and like as much as we love it it does have drawbacks that we're not blind to um yeah there's just, there's too many rules yeah. <laughs> like like big thing there's we have talked about okay yes there are so many different ways that you can build your characters and so many options and so many gears but it is overwhelming the amount of things that you can do. It's very complex. Yes. Yeah. And everything you can do has like two pages of rules about it. In the core rule book. Yeah. Also, there are splash books and additional rule books for everything. And and every single sort of scenario from what you have done, what it might result in, and the rules for that as well. Mm -hmm. It's it's mind-boggling how much there is and, you know, I don't know. I think that it kind of drowns out a lot of the fun having to read three pages of yeah. what happens when I do one thing. But, like, during our one-shot for this, yeah. when you tried to hit somebody yeah. with your car. Yeah, there was spent... a lot that actually needed <laughs> yeah. to go into that. Yeah. 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 We spent, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. I was just going to talk about that. I was just going to mention real quick, yeah. uh, jumping the gun, we're going to talk about it a bit li- uh, later, but for this system, and for every system that we plan to talk going about... Going forward. Uh, yeah. yeah, we... Uh, we did decide that we're going to play at least a one shot. Just sit down, play the uh, the game. Rules, rules is written. written. Rules is written without yeah. modifying it in any way, just so that we have an idea of what the game is uh, to talk about it. Yeah, we want to try to explore yeah. as much as we can about the yeah. game, with also making an interesting story, hopefully. And yeah. we want to test everything we can yeah. and the different sorts of like classes if they allow that. Yeah. And so, speaking about like a lot of rules, when we did our Sharon 5th edition one shot we had and this this is made by the community these summaries of everything it's like this is yeah. the matrix matrix rule summary so everything related to uh, digital and devices this is the magic rule summaries the combat the yeah. the the uh, what they call regging which is like controlling drones and vehicles and stuff like that and these so cheat sheets yeah, yeah. We, we had these cheat sheets and it the cheat like sheets pages. are like 40 pages yeah and like every time like you want to do something like you flip through a few cheat sheets you're like where is the mechanics for this thing it's, and this yeah. is not including any gear you personally might have that is a modifier to these rules and this is as you're playing a character this is from mm-hmm. as you start playing the character there is no level one this yes. is you start with all this stuff i mean that's another thing is progression is a little bit slow because you you kind of start with everything that you can do i mean mm-hmm. 
you're going to increase your abilities, get more gear and all that. Yeah, but it's going to be marginal improvements. It's not so much changing what your character does or getting a fancy yeah. new ability. It, unless, like, you learn a new spell. I think that's the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. But, but other, yeah, otherwise, it's like just, that. like, adding a few more dice to what you're already doing. And you're starting with these yeah. cheat sheets for each character that are, like, seven pages for each character that you need to know. And it's it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's a thing. It's... As you were saying, it's all about marginal improvements. Like, mm -hmm. your level ups are, like, again, you just get points that you get to put into skill or money that you get to buy new, better gear with. Yeah. But for what you are capable of doing, it, that doesn't change much from the start yeah. of the game to the end. It's just how good a, you are at it is what changes. Yeah. And so Better implants, better gear, sure. You're yeah. better at that, but it's yeah. still the same sort of stuff. Yeah. Rarely you'll get a new ability. Rarely yes. you'll get a, access to something you didn't have before. Oftentimes, the, the major rewards in Shadowrun are narrative. Yeah. You get out of being in debt, or you move into a new place because you can afford it now, or you just got a shiny new deck, a computer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the the, the 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 rewards oftentimes are just like narrative or money, and and your personal character improves marginally, but the the improvements are story based. And that's something that also you need to talk about with your players as well. Is like, hey, this is going to be a lot out the gate. You gotta be prepared for that. And, and like, you know, you can play with whatever you want. I mean, you don't have to fully go into your character and do as much as you can right out the gate. That's fine. Um, you might want to start with limited more, you know, more limited gear at the very start. But just that sort of progression, just have that understanding with your players that it is just gonna be, you know, you might get better gear or it's gonna be narrative, as he said. So I think that's yeah. something to note. Yeah, but like Shadowrun is can be very very slow to start, and especially for for the GM who needs to know all the rules. Like <laughs> yeah. I was struggling with just my one character and all of the things that they could do. Yeah, and I wasn't even using everything, and I still got things wrong. And then the yeah. poor GM has to be able to validate and be like, "Yes, this is how did you all do that, of the right? characters yeah. work?" As a rigger, yeah, I played a rigger, and that that was pretty complicated as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say, Chan was fifth edition was the first thing I GM'd, and it's the only thing I GM'd for a while. And looking back now, I low key I don't like that campaign <laughs> because I was not familiar. Like I had never played Shadowrun before GMing mm. for it. And boy, was that a lot to keep in mind. And I think the only reason my players weren't disappointed is they had n never played Shadowrun right. either. So they, they didn't have an idea about it. And so that's fine. But like now I think about it and it's like there's a lot of things to keep in mind as GM. Like like we were talking about the level of visibility, you know, like the range between you and a target, depending on what gun you have, will give you, my, you know, a dice modifier you know, noise is a big thing, and you know, yeah, uh, noise is annoying. Uh, there's, you know, what we talked about earlier about situational modifiers. Mm -hmm. That is like the thing that a GM has to keep in mind the most. And like, if you're not as familiar with the setting, that can be a lot to keep in yeah. mind. Oh yeah, it's... as a GM, there's a lot to consider. Yeah. yeah, as the person who GM the one shot, I can tell you right now <laughs> that I relied on my players a lot to make sure that I wasn't screwing up yeah. rules. Yeah. Like I, I was constantly asking, "Is that how that works?" <laughs> yeah, and that's great for us having us the players ha also knowing the system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we are going into this one shot with the express purposes of testing out. We also want to have a good time. Like yeah. we also want to tell a good story and like play it how it's meant to be played, not yeah, enjoy in it. a yeah. play testing sort of way, but yeah. we were also that was an, you know, ulterior motive of yeah. ours, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah, we knew the rules, the players pretty well. Mm. But if you are going to come into this with new players, especially if it's people that are new to tabletop RPGs, I almost would just say, don't. Don't. It's harsh, but it's true. Shadowrun is not new player friendly. Not 5th edition, at least. N not, not even 6th edition. Not even 6th edition. We're not edition, there yet. More. We're not there yeah, yet. 6th so, edition is more new player friendly, yeah. but it has its own set of problems. Yes, definitely. And so... I guess speaking to you know, starting out character creation, that's another 
point because it's so complicated it does take a while as well so that's something mm-hmm. to consider yeah there are programs that help you make yes. the character and they streamline things and you know point out hey you can't do this for <laughs> x reason but even then it's it is still... so complicated it, again like if we compare it a, a nice baseline to compare things to is D fifth edition because mm-hmm. everyone's familiar and, and played that the time it would take me to make one Shadowrun character and the choices I have to make is enough to make 20 D&D 5th edition characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. Actually. So, yeah. like... <laughs> and Unique. Yeah. yeah. 20 yeah. unique, well-thought-out D&D 5th edition characters is the time for one halfway rushed yeah. Shadowrun character. Because you only have to worry about up to level 1 or 3 or whatever you want to start at in D&D. In this, you have to worry about everything as and, well. And in D&D, for the most part, you're just making binary choices. You're True. like, yeah. this this race, this, this class. School. yeah. Exactly. Uh, these spells, if you're yeah, magic. The, yeah. These spells. And from this list, these specializations or these spells. You know, th- that's all you have to worry about. And Shadowrun, it's like everything. You know, it's like... How many guns? How uh, you know? What ammo do I have? What, how much spare ammo do I have? How many people yeah. do I know? How yeah. much can I trust them? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like There's all, all of those are like ratings, and you start with basically a bunch of points to allocate to all these things, and it's it's wild. a lot. <laughs> yeah, like Shadowrun is an extremely crunchy, rules-heavy <laughs> system. But a, a lot of what my problem with character creation and like running a character in Shadowrun is that a lot of min-maxing because I am a heavy min-maxer at heart. It doesn't really feel satisfying because all of the improvements that you're making to your character are marginal. And so there's so few rules that allow for that like emergent complexity that where like, oh, this rule overlaps with this one and this one and this one. And I can, you know, put them all together and make the rules work in mm-hmm. cohesion. Instead, it just feels like all of these rules are just separate random things. And maybe the best thing I can do is get a big dice pool. Out yeah. Of it. And I think that might be due to the lack of class system as well. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. with classes, it does allow you to min max, I find at least. But yeah, mm. I agree. It, there's just not a lot of synergy between the rules. Like, all of the r- rules feel so isolated mm-hmm. from each other, and there's not... It just doesn't feel like I can connect many rules together and, like, make yeah. them work together in interesting ways. It's all just, okay, you're driving a car, now you take out the car rule book. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. now everything that uh-huh. you need to know is in there. Yeah. And... Eh, eh. Yeah. Honestly, if you're trying... I, I just thought of this now. We should have done this for the one shot. It's like, I feel like an idiot now. If you're trying out Shadowrun, use the pre-made characters. There are, yeah, uh, you probably like, should have just <laughs> yeah, that there's, been smart. there's like, yeah. tw- in the core rulebook, there's like 20 pre-made characters. Yes, or so, which you could just that. like, yeah. <laughs> oh well. But also, it's worth pointing out that if you want to create your own character, yeah. it's going to be a lot of legwork and there's going to be a lot of decisions to make. Yeah. yeah, I mean that said, you can get things that you can't out of the pre-made characters. It's like if if you plan to play this for a while, definitely make your own character. You yeah. it, it it because of how much customization there is, the likelihood of your character being similar or the same as anyone else's character is so low. So any yeah. character you make feels very unique. So you said if you're planning to run it for a while, would you suggest running Shadowrun for a one shot or even like a short campaign? For a one-shot, yes, use the pre-made characters. Fair enough. We just want to talk about some other stuff we hate. (laughs) (laughs) And we want to allocate the proper time to those. One of those, um, I'm just going to mention before uh, we talk about Chris's big uh, beef with it. (laughs) Before the Chris rant. Yeah, before the Chris rant. It's just Matrix Combat, I find, takes a long time to resolve. Both in and out of, like, actual combat, you Mm. know, in quote-unquote, meat space, right? Mm. Like, in our one-shot, you know, the elevator, (laughs) that was a while, and then even in actual combat, it feels like it takes a while to resolve. Because there is a lot of, like, back and forth in this round of you making an action. It's, okay, it's the system you're fighting against, and it has to make some actions. And usually that's in the same sort of, like, action turn. And then the uh, the flip side, right? That system now has its own turn, and then it's doing something against you, and then... I feel like yeah. there's a branch of, like, things not synergizing uh, super well yeah. sometimes. Uh, and, again, that takes more... It it can't... I've seen it done. 
it takes more effort on the GM side. Yeah. And as a guy who just shoots, I mean, like, I'm just like, okay, my turns, I shoot. Yeah. And I do believe <laughs> that issue you have mm-hmm. with it taking longer actually goes directly into uh, Chris's big Definitely. issue. Definitely. For the record, in our notes, it's written in all caps what he wrote, what he wants to talk about. I hate initiative. That's not what it says. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more vulgar, but yeah. What What's your rant about initiative, Chris? Please. Okay. Us. So let's set the scene. In Shadowrun, it, during combat, you all roll for initiative. Now, initiative is, what, what is the two stats it's uh, based so on? It's reaction, your reaction plus intuition. Yep. So you get a number from those, say, let's say eight, yep. plus typically one D6. So let's yep. say you roll a two on the D6, plus your eight, that's a ten for initiative. Yeah. A higher number is better. The person with the highest number goes first. Uh, there's a bunch of things that you can do to give yourself more initiative dice or just to boost that number generally. Uh, I think in the one shot, we were getting all of our characters between 25 and 30-ish was was like pretty good because my character was... It was It's very high, but that's because my character had an ability, he had a spell that let me boost my friend's right. initiative. Yeah, you're playing like a support uh, mage. I was playing a support mage. Now... There's two really big problems with this system. The first is, instead of after everyone has taken a turn, the round ends, it's after everyone has taken a turn, you subtract 10 from everyone's initiative, and then you go again. So if you're playing a character with a low initiative score, and I can only consistently get, like, 8 or 9 on my initiative, then I get one turn, and that's it. Mm -hmm. If I have 11 in initiative, then I get two turns. If I get 21, I get three turns. So... As my character, I was sitting there like, well, I have six initiative, guys, and I do my one thing. And then all my friends around me are like, okay, we get three turns, and the bad guy, three turns. That's because of Matrix. Because Matrix, if you're in VR, for example, um, your character will enter VR, you will get more initiative dice to roll at the start of initiative. Another issue I have with initiative is <laughs> once once it goes down, you know, yep. to zero, everybody's down to zero, you re-roll it. But as a Matrix character, you're rolling, say, up to four or five D6 on top of your reaction intuition, which can bring you up to 30-something, which means if you have, say, 33, then you have four turns. Well, you know, Chris over here just has his one turn, so... And again, with what I said earlier, with Matrix combat taking a while with all those actions, if you combine that with all those actions, but multiple times in a turn or round, it yeah. it can really drag out and make your characters, especially the ones that don't have Matrix, yeah. just sit there. And then also for <laughs> yeah. the GM, having to track everybody's initiative all separately and with initiative constantly changing and going up and down mm. and minus tens and who has turns and... yeah. It's it's just a mess, it and I wild. hate it. Yeah. Uh, there's other aspects to it, which is like you can spend your initiative to do things out of your turn, certain things like dodging or blocking or what have you, and you know, like you know, uh, improving your odds mm-hmm. to avoid it uh, being hit, that kind of thing. That's another big one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will say for you're talking about GMs uh, taking stuff. I just remembered, like because of the way combat is, it's like. Every time you try to hit someone, like in D anD D, it's like you roll, and they have a static value you have to beat, like the yeah, AC. It's like yeah. you need fourteen. If you get a fourteen or more, you hit them. In Shadowrun, you roll, and the opponent rolls, yeah. and the one who gets a higher value wins. And if it's the person like that's trying to avoid getting hit, they don't get hit. And then the person that's trying to hit them, if they get a higher value, then they hit. And then if you hit, the person that got hit has to roll to resist the damage. Yeah, they're not just taking the damage, just okay, yeah. now roll to resist the damage. And so, like, think of it this way. Every time you're attacking the NPC, the, G- the GM has to roll one or two times, the player rolls once. For every player that attacks an NPC. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of dice rolling. I, I, I will say that the, the, the initiative system creates kind of like a pattern of, of choice for players that's intrinsic into the rules 
because initiative works the way it does in Shadowrun, that puts kind of like uh, an emphasis on its importance. The more reflex you have, the 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 more intuition you have, uh, the, the 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 higher your initiative will be, which means the more turns you will have. And turns, in terms of like an action economy basis, is like the more turns you have, the more chances, the more abilities you'll be able to affect the outcome. And so. A kind of bad thing about Shadowrun is that it has a lot of these, and this is just one example of these kind of like, like guiding posts that kind of like, like it has so much choice, but then it kind of like wedges you into a route. And one of the route it most often wedges players is invest in reflex, invest in tuition, because otherwise you're going to have probably low initiative. And also, if you get hit with a bullet, <laughs> Yeah. Bullets do a lot of damage. If you get shot, you're going to take a lot of damage. Even if you're wearing very nice armor. So if you don't have that good uh, reaction and intuition, you're very likely to get shot. Yeah. And the reaction and yes. intuition being the stats you use to avoid getting hit yeah, most exactly. of the time. So while there are a lot of options, there are a few very glaring, extremely important stats mm-hmm. that... If you're looking to play a more optimized character or, like, be effective, that you just need them. Like, yeah. you need to be able to boost your initiative. If not past 10, definitely past 20. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so, something that I do like, I'm going to move the conversation a little bit to 6th mm-hmm. edition, just because I think we can start comparing those. Because I like the way 6th edition, I mean, compared to 5th edition, mm-hmm. handles initiative. Yeah. And I also, I mean, it might be me personally. Uh, mm-hmm. This might be a subjective thing that you guys don't agree with, but I like the edge system a little bit better in 6th edition, which <laughs> some things about it. Yeah, some things about it. The way you gain edge is a little bit... I agree with the initiative thing. It's So when they were like trying to simplify for 6th edition from 5th edition, it is the biggest upside... Uh, the biggest improvement they've done is changing the action economy. Like, yes. you know, what what makes you take turns. There is still an advantage for having more dice mm-hmm. and, and having a higher reaction intuition. Uh, there's still advantage uh, for that, but it doesn't hinder play as much. You don't have to keep re-rolling initiative. It's easier to track, and yeah. it's not as prohibitive. Like, reaction intuition, still good stats to have. They're mm-hmm. not, like do or die stats anymore and so that's very nice the edge i feel like they're for different play styles i i I like the uh, fifth edition edge but i also really like the sixth edition edge Mm -hmm. and so i feel like that was like a a lateral uh uh change to Uh, be fair i don't think that there's anything super wrong with the fifth edition edge yeah Uh, i feel like the edge is a lateral change Mm -hmm. if we're looking at the rest of sixth edition I like 5th edition more than every other aspect of 6th uh, edition. It's uh, the initiative is like the big, I mean, big improvement. Speaking to that, I mean... Like, also... Chris, I, what do you think? Sorry. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't say this, Ennis, that the 6e way of handling edge mm-hmm. is basically your replacement for what you were talking about, uh, about dice pool modifiers for situations. Mm -hmm. That is true. So instead of the GM having to constantly be like, okay, how many plus or minus uh, dice here? It's like, if there's ever an advantage that the players have, just give them an edge. Each edge is far less valuable, but it's it's a lot easier to just, like, start handing your player resources and start... And and do it that way instead of trying to mess with dice pools, especially since we're rolling so many yeah. pools of dice. That, you're you're right about that too. I do mm. like how much easier it is to handle situational stuff in sixth edition compared to fifth edition. I just I don't know fifth edition. Every time you look at it as a non min maxer, <laughs> just seems so fun because there's all yeah. these mm. options for a variety of like fun, cool things mm-hmm. yeah. that I, you can do that, again, they stripped away to make a 6th edition nicer, but I like that variety and that choice, and to be like, it's fine if the character is not min-maxed, just mm-hmm. let me do this thing that's right. cool. Uh, to be clear, 6th edition also sucks for min-maxers. Yeah, Shadowrun is not a min-maxer game. <laughs> yeah. Santi, what do you think? 
Oh, what what I was going to say is just talking about my experience playing in, in 5th edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a rigor as well, uh, mm-hmm. like Caleb did in our one shot. And I, I will say that there has been no system I've ever played that felt quite like playing a rigor, which is, mm-hmm. uh, for reference, a rigor in Shadowrun is a technological person that specializes in controlling drones. And vehicles. And vehicles. Yeah. And the vehicles are just big drones. The vehicles are just big drones. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fun just being like... It's kind of like, it's like, uh, you know, when you have a, a hammer, all the problems look like nails, but I had like a dozen different hammers and they <laughs> yeah. all kind of like did what I wanted to do. So I was yeah. like, how can I use a drone? And that's so unique yeah. in an RPG, uh, in my experience, like there, that level of control and diversity for a rigor. So I did really like playing the rigor and I agree. It does feel a lot like nothing else. Like I've played from other systems. It was like, yeah, it did really feel unique, and that's what was really fun mm-hmm. when I did play that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what kinds of games, if we're talking 5th edition versus 6th edition, what kind of a game would be really good for 5th edition versus how would that change for 6e? If you and the players you're playing with have never played Shadowrun, mm-hmm. play 6e first, because it'll be easier to get it to. The rest of the time... Mm-hmm. I would personally recommend play 5th edition and look into homebrewing just initiative. And if you really feel like it, edge. But probably just initiative. And you probably won't have to look into doing that yourself. This is a very popular thing in the community. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of uh, uh, initiative and action economy homebrews. Mostly now based on what they've done for 6th edition, which people have really liked. The other thing you can do is... um, there are technically uh, alternative play rules for 5th edition in some of those uh, non-core rulebooks. So because 5th uh, edition has a lot of these uh, books, books. Yeah, supplemental books with either ad- more options or additional rules or additional uh, variants for the rules. Mm-hmm. And so there are variants for character creation that make those nitty-gritty choices easier, where it's like you just pick a few, like, kits, basically, or, like, this kind of background, this kind of character, this kind of thing. And it's like you just pick a few uh, things, and it kind of just all comes together. If you want an easier character creation, or there's a a different rule set for uh, a couple different variants for initiative that came out in a couple other books, you could try those. But there's a lot of community stuff for... Helping you homebrew. Helping you homebrew initiatives. Yeah, because so a lot of people have kind of worked together to, like, come up with systems that are a little more intuitive for initiative, yeah. Uh, and in terms of, like, the complex rule set, uh, I mean, it can be daunting, and there is a lot to kind of, like, mm-hmm. take in. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout-out to a YouTube channel called Complex Actions. Uh, they have a very uh, comprehensive uh, group of videos that talk about very niche rules topics in Shadowrun, yeah. uh, like how grenades explode in a confined space, which is yeah. a rule set in Shadowrun. And, and I, I really like yeah. the production, like the the drawings are really cute and fun as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. love it. Yeah, it, those short videos, they're they're great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, for any system, but specifically yeah. in this one, yeah, they do it very well. I like. And, it. and if you're new to the to Shadowrun, it'll take you just as long to uh, watch a video about the topic than to look it up and find it in the yeah. rulebook. It's easier to yeah, so <laughs> find it online than in the rulebook. Definitely. Yeah. So there's like, I mean, we talked a little bit about sixth edition. Sixth edition has its own problems. We're not going to get into that, um, but. There are definitely, I guess our recommendation is, yeah, I mean, if you like this sort of setting, if you're new, yeah, maybe start with 6th edition, but if you want to take this a little bit further, 5th edition might be for you. Just homebrew some stuff, right? Like, there are some things we like, some things we don't like, and you can fix those with homebrewing and, you know, maybe even some of the more complex things. Like, yeah, just simplify that. Yeah, And, and like, honestly, even if you're going to, play just 5th edition without uh, homebrewing it, that could be fine if you're fine with, like, you know, crunching the numbers. And then that's also fine if you don't do a lot of things. Santi here will attest. He was uh, in in the first campaign that I played, that I ran of 5th edition, where none of us knew anything about 5th edition. 
wasn't it fun to play even oh. though we missed rules all the time oh, absolutely and like we kind of did uh, things not quite right, right all the time the, the, yeah. the stuff that we did in that campaign definitely put us on a watch list unintentional <laughs> homebrew yeah yeah it's yeah. like it's yeah. not even unintentional homebrew it's like you miss a rule or stuff yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh technically shotguns don't fire like regular guns but you, you don't think it, about it in the you moment, don't think yeah. about it until later but it was still great fun to play so if yeah. if this setting if it seems fun to you just dive right in and like it's like eh, situational modifiers are a lot to think about we're always in a situation where you don't have to worry about it you're always at zero noise and perfect lighting yeah. don't think about it yeah Maybe Shadowrun is just not a great game for the min-maxers and rules lawyers of your life. Unless but you're all rules lawyers. Unless you're that's, all rules lawyers. Yeah, that's what you're in there for. Yeah. But then combat's going to take five sessions. Uh, <laughs> that's that's two sessions more than it normally takes. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, Shadowrun is awesome. Yeah. I love Shadowrun. It is so unique and just fun to play. Just play Shadowrun. Screw some of it. But most of it's pretty good. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, is there anything else that we want to touch on before we kind of bring this to a close? Technomancers aren't that bad. You just have to really read the rules and play them differently. <laughs> 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 they are fun. Okay. Shadowrun's not that bad. You just need to read the rules. And All 300 pages. Yeah. <laughs> and we just want to thank everybody for uh, listening in on our Shadowrun 5th edition episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun discussing all the different things we like, we don't like. Um, definitely jump right into it. It's a great system. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 5 um, out of 7. 5 out of 7. <laughs> On race, yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me. And this has been Caleb. Anis. Chris. Santiago. And thanks for listening. We love you. Um, drive safe.